Welcome back to the Remedial Film Class Podcast. I'm your host, Dan. And I'm Travis. And I'm George. And George is back from his spring outbreak. And now it's time to get serious. George, are you ready to get serious once again? Sure. Are you ready to leave behind the undead, walking dead, flesh-eating zombie monsters that we've stuck you with for the past couple episodes? Hey, listen, it was fun, but sure, what's next? He's ready to move on. Are you ready for something completely different? (laughs) Yeah, sure. Whatever. Well, good, because Travis and I have a delightful little British indie film for you from the early oddies called 28 Days Later. From the early oddies? Yeah, man. Late hmm. 90s, early oddies? No, actually, it's 2003. What is yeah. an oddie? Or like, two? Ot one, ot two, ot three. <laughs> oh. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. The early oies. Oh, I never heard it referred to as <laughs> the early oddies. The early 2000s, the oddies, but not oddies. anything before or not anything after 2010, those like early what? 2000s. Right after the, uh, the, what do you call it, Y2K? Yeah. Yeah, actually Word this up. movie is uh, 28 days after Y2K, I think. <laughs> yeah. I might have made that up. I might be right, though. I'm not going to fact check you. Maybe Dan and Post will fact check you. No, he won't. <laughs> <laughs> Only me. <laughs> yeah. Dan and Post never Yeah. Never checks corrects Dan, Dan in real time. He's right. got a pro Dan bias, what can I say? That's <laughs> right. So George, you just finished up twenty eight days later. A Danny yes, Boyle. I classic. watched the movie. Yes. He's not even drinking. <laughs> I can't. I know. I'm on pain meds. Oh I, man. It might make it more fun if you <laughs> no. maybe. Let's nah, don't do try that. to keep him upright for the whole show, yeah. at least, Let's please. <laughs> Check, please. <laughs> so what are your early impressions? I don't want notes. I don't want rambling. I just want early initial impression from George, having just watched 2002's 28 Days Later. It was an old story, but it felt fresh. Okay. There was some, you know, predictable plot lines. It was very tropey. Yep, yep. There was some good dialogue that happened in the beginning that tells you exactly what's going on. You know, you can't miss it. Mm-hmm. There was plenty enough about this movie that was very different that, like I said, made it feel fresh. For example, you know, the only thing I knew about this movie before going into it was that the zombies were fast. Right. Like that's the only thing I remember from 2000. Well, it was in the commercial. Three. I believe the trailer showed you them running. Like, Whatever. So it was like nice I don't know. Surprise. I remember I was like a, a teenager skateboarding, mm-hmm. and my buddies were like, "Yo, did you see that movie?" And I was like, "Nah." And they were like, "Zombies are fast, bro." And I was like, "Cool." And that was it. Well, is this during the craze of like uh, Resident Evil? I don't know. Like the video game. I don't know. Resident Evil had remember. been out for a few years. I think we were probably two movies deep in that franchise by now, but that the franchise, oh, the movie okay. franchise, never really stuck to the zombie thing as right. well as it should have. I just remember in the video game, they introduced the fast zombie, like the, like the zombie on roids. Okay. Like you heard the thumping of their feet. They were coming at you. Right. It wasn't that you would hear the... And you knew... Yeah, everything about this, this zombie was fast. Like right. the, you know, I... One of the one of the things that's sticking in my mind is when um 
uh, what's her name? Selena. Mm. Did I get that right? Selena is, um, takes out Mark. Yes. Oh, and man. I'm thinking, yeah, it was rough. I'm thinking, okay, I see the wound. You know, she's thinking he's infected. This is all happening. But like, usually in a zombie movie, that's like, that's drawn out. That's over the course of hours or days or weeks, right? That gets infected. They get fever. They get weak. Mm-hmm. They're like, blah, blah, blah. And then eventually they die in turn. No, this is like, you know, 10 to 20 seconds. Yep. And I'm thinking when she goes at him with the, um, with the machete, you don't see much, but you do see his arm come off. And I'm thinking, oh, she's just severing the arm. And right. then she just like keeps going and it does that, that Hitchcock thing where you only hear it. You don't but see just, it. You feel it. Yeah. And you you're like, it. uh, uh, and it's like, no, no, she's, she's putting him down mm. and you're just like watching like, okay, that's how it is. And then she explains that, you know, you, you don't have, you don't have time. You don't have time. Like they, 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 they turn like that, which is cool. Like I said, that's what made it feel like, feel new. There definitely was a sense of urgency. Yeah. It reminded me of like the like an I am legend whereas you know, you had you there's a lot more uh fear to me, like when I watch a movie like the moo zombie isn't scary to me. Mm-hmm. But when they can move like that, mm-hmm. yeah, that that ups the game. Definitely. Yeah, every zombie is an overmatch against a single human. Right. So you have to yes. be ready. But I think the rabies thing kicks it up a notch because it's you know you have this pre this was the zombie that was just kind of driven to human flesh and it was like almost like they drew it out but with these things they're so fast and they're like a rabid animal you know think of a like a a rabid dog coming at you you're hearing their their toenails on the ground it's quick you have no time to think like that's that scene where they're changing the tire yeah, like that's that's scary. Yeah, me. another thing, I was thinking, you know, because I compare every movie, every zombie movie to The Walking Dead. You know, there was not even a thought to, all right, let's stand our ground, let's take these things out, and then do right. our entire thing. That was not even an, not option, an option at all. No, because any kind of splatter of blood, right, gets into any pore or opening yeah. in your body, and yep. it's over. Yep. Yeah, that 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 to me Which that's what makes this movie. That, that's good. why it, that's why it felt new, you know. It it did a lot of good stuff like that. What's funny is things that seem tropey, like him waking up out of a coma, mm-hmm. and Twice. leaving the hospital in his gown, mm-hmm. and all that stuff is very Walking Dead-ish. But this sure. movie came out before that book came out, so the comic book came out a year later. Okay, at, at I hadn't I hadn't even thought I had no idea how old the Walking Dead right. books were. I thought this movie definitely came out before Walking Dead. Yeah, one, one only one year. But that surprises me. Yeah, I thought so it'd be longer, but I'd be curious to find out if Kirkman was inspired by this movie at all when he was writing that. Yeah. Cuz I know the original idea of Rick Grimes was him watching TV with his wife and the they hear someone at the door, they open the door and this thing comes in at them. That was his original like four or five page uh, short. Had mm-hmm. nothing to do with him being a cop, had nothing to do with him waking up in a coma, all mm-hmm. that stuff. So I don't know where that came from as opposed to like when this came out, if he had been inspired by it or whatever. 
I've never seen an interview it where he has to. It's very similar. Yeah. There's a lot of it that that coincides. So I like the, you know, this the story of Rick Grimes as I know it. You know, with him being yeah. a being an officer and getting shot, being in the hospital, being in a coma, waking up. Like yeah, that. I mean, that, that adds that's to me. Good, that's what makes it. It's special. a good start. Yeah, because yeah. you wake up and it's all it already happened. Mm-hmm. Like with this guy in this movie, he wakes up. He he has no idea what happened. Yeah, it happened. It what, happened. What happened? Right, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's interesting that the movie actually begins with what happened, though. That seems yes. kind of strange. I mean, I, I don't mind it, but it's an interesting choice to give, you know, that much to the audience. Yeah. And then to lean so heavily on the fact that your main character doesn't know the thing you know. Yeah, I definitely agree. I, that was mm. one of my notes where I was like, they should have did that as like an expose, expose later. That maybe somebody, maybe one of those military guys from the towards the end were yeah. part of that that event and it's like a flashback and then yeah. you say oh that's why they're this way that's because yeah i like the whole idea of not knowing but you were given everything in the very beginning so you're right. just basically sitting back saying okay let's see them deal with it but at the same time every romero movie has the incident we don't know about so maybe mm. it's just trying something different true and luckily that was the last time we ever had to worry about a massive outbreak from a research lab <laughs> what's funny is they do that in I Am Legend as well they show you everything that happened through news reports and whatever so you kind of you see it happen and you know you're, there's no mystery but the mystery is the cure like trying to find the cure the mystery is trying to figure out why Will Smith is the position he's in what's he doing oh he's doing research like all these things they kind of let you know later yeah. but you're exposed to it right away. You find out that it's this and this and this, and exposed. then you're left exposed. It's exposed. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this one, it's not so heavy on the mystery element. And really the Romero stuff, I don't know if it's really a mystery as much as it is like, you know, a, an urgent action kind of thing that just happens to leave one little bit of the plot un, unsolved or unpainted. This one, there's really nothing but adrenaline. For the first hour and 20 minutes mm. or whatever. Yeah. The whole damn movie's adrenaline. Yeah. The whole thing. <laughs> Definitely. I mean, there's little, you know, there's little spots here and there, you know, little peaceful moments that you're just thinking, you know, it's a peaceful moment. Get ready for, <laughs> you know, some shit to go down in a second. But sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. But this whole, dude, this whole movie was non-stop i was surprised at how long the movie was didn't feel that long i feel like it flew by and it's uh it's definitely uh, an escalation from what you've been watching sure like it's just it's off the chain yeah we had cool elements of um of the main characters using i don't see i don't even want to call them zombies they're not zombies you know they're like what do they call infected they're they're infected with this rage virus is what it was so like I you know at the end yeah they used they used the infected you know to uh, escape and they kind of in- introduce another thing that's kind of tropey on Walking Dead is the the family element like usually you get like a Dawn of the Dead or a Day of the Dead where it's everybody's kind of military they're all kind of banded together it's kind of mm-hmm. Rambo ish mm-hmm. but then they 
they're saved or they find this dad and his daughter. Like, it's just just the dad and his daughter, and they're just figuring it out, which is kind of a new thing. I mean, you have the little girl in Night of the Living Dead, but she's just basically knocked out. She's already basement. dead. Yeah. yeah. She's not helping. No. She's pretty good with the trowel, though. She's good with the trowel. <laughs> yeah, in the, in the original, yeah. But even in, in, like, in the 70s and 80s, they didn't really touch on kids, like, how they would deal with this, their involvement. Sure. So that was kind of new. And it's basically become a plot line for Walking Dead. Like, it's, that's the whole storyline is what, what's the world going to be like when these kids who are dealing with this every day actually become adults? Yeah. I was really impressed by their isolation shots when he's walking through empty London in broad daylight. Mm. To compare those with like the New York City at the end of Zombie 2 mm-hmm. or you know any of the Day of the Dead aerial shots where it's just like, oh yeah, there's still some traffic over there, but... <laughs> you know, oh, it's, it's a full set. It was almost like they, they built something because it, it looked lived in. Like it was covered in weeds. Like To be able to shut down traffic in London just to junk it up film that little part and then clean it up. It's almost like it was all CGI, but it wasn't. I was impressed. Coming I didn't back even think of that, really. Back, yeah, I was just like, man, they did the work. Finally, finally someone does the work. You know? Yeah, someone does the work. I kind of thought the... Um, it's it's just one thing I noticed because I because of like the cover of season one of uh, of The Walking Dead, the like the DVD case. Mm-hmm. It's... It's Rick Grimes, like, he's... Going into the he's city. He's going into Atlanta on the highway on horseback. Mm-hmm. And on the other side of the highway coming out of Atlanta is all of these traffic-jammed, abandoned cars. Right. Like, the, the highway out of Atlanta is completely just jacked up, mm-hmm. like, with just abandoned cars. Just, no one was going in. No one was, yeah, no one was going in. Everyone was trying, was trying to come to out, and everyone yeah. died on the way out. Like, mm-hmm. it was such a cluster F getting out of Atlanta, and he's going into Atlanta on horseback. It's because of that cover, wherever there was an empty street, like mm-hmm. a completely empty freeway, I was like, yeah, right. Like, yeah, completely empty. It would empty. have been congested everywhere. <laughs> it would be congested everywhere. Well, I don't know. How does London work? <laughs> And that you know, and to and to know that like, you know, their last thing that they did as a society was try to get everybody out. Mm. Like, it would have been a, yeah, it it wouldn't have been that clean. It depends because, like, I, we keep referencing the same thing, but I know in like I am Legend there was a time period, there was a long period of time where people realized that something was happening, and then shit hit the fan, so people were stuck. Mm-hmm. Some people were able to evacuate. With this, I'm assuming there was only obviously 28 days from first infection to mm-hmm. when he wakes up. So I know in The Walking Dead, they're like it happened almost instantaneous. They blew up all the roads. They blew up the. They basically shut everything down, and people were obliterated. So that's why there's so many supplies everywhere because no one really hoarded and ran. Right. So that was another thing I noticed. Like. Really, the grocery store hadn't already been right. raided a hundred times. So with this, it's like you, you really don't know because he was asleep and they don't really show you after the, the animal situation, it goes to black and then you he wakes up. So you don't really know what happened in between those two times. But they did say 
there were there were some there were some things that that pointed to what was going on. Mark's story about being in the train station and there being mm-hmm. so many people and there'd be pe- people, you know, trampling over other people. Right. And the only thing you could do was climb. That city didn't look like that was going on right before right. shit at the fan. You know, there was another thing. Oh, um, I think uh, Selena was talking about, you know, you saw the riots on the TV, but then they didn't go away. They showed up at your front door. Mm-hmm. Like they're in the street right outside your house. You know, and it was everywhere. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it's a co- it makes for a really cool shot, like Dan said. It's amazing that they, yeah, I mean, were they able did to have make that some shot streets that right. were some streets were backed up. Yeah, the tunnel was really, backed up. Yeah, you the, don't really know how the evacuation system is over there. Do they have like one route in, one route out, or is every road take you somewhere? I don't know. It just seemed yeah. it seemed more bare than it should have been. For my taste, but it was a cool shot. I have to, I have to admit. Did you, uh, Dan? Did you see the? Uh, as soon as I saw it, I, I, I felt like I was watching the movie Zombie, where the one infected is looking in the mirror, and the little girl's hanging from the back of the mirror. Where, oh, like she's so in good. the she's in the room. It's after the red dresses and all that stuff. Oh, okay, okay, and, okay. And she's hiding behind the mirror. Yes. And that the infected is like four inches away from the mirror, just staring at her. Oh yes, yes, yes. But he's staring at himself, right? Not realizing she's behind. Yeah, that's a good shot. But they just did like a little pan shot of her, and then the the little pan to the left, and then he's like right there. He's like two inches from that mirror, and he's just kind of breathing, like he smells something. He's not sure. I was like, oh yeah, that's that's definitely an inspired shot. All you need is a wood. Splinter to the eye. <laughs> Good stuff. Zombie 2 rocks. What's up? Now, I love the part, uh, speaking of Zombie 2, you remember we talked about how in Italian culture, I have to assume as a, an outsider that them seeking shelter in a church is like kind of a knee-jerk reaction. Like, yeah, of course you would, because that's your, that's your place for safety. So you, t- you mm, sanctuary, sanctuary in the church. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And in this movie, in England... He tries to take shelter in the church and is immediately betrayed by infected. <laughs> I'm like, very English. Including, including the pastor. It's so English. <laughs> it's perfectly English. Yeah, I think the the one infected upstairs was, was the actual priest or, or um, clergyman. Because I think he had a collar on, I'm not sure. Yeah, he called yeah. him father, I think. Did he call him father? Yeah. yeah. Which kind of gives you a little insight on the character, though, because... That's his church. Yeah. He went there because it's, it's familiar. He was looking for help. Yeah. And it turned out to be the wrong place. The wrong place. But they were all the wrong place, so like, eh. <laughs> yeah, there was nowhere really to go. I have a note on here. No government, no police, no army. George is going to love this movie. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Yeah. <laughs> And there wasn't a lot of, like, like they didn't come across a lot of guns and everything, so it kind of felt more real, because, you know, they're not going to find guns everywhere, especially in a country that's pretty much without guns. So, yeah, you're, you're going to have to stumble upon a military group or something that's been overrun to get that kind of artillery. 
So you're stuck. You're like like Sean of Dead. You're gonna have a paddle or a bat or something. You're not gonna have <laughs> a cricket bat. A cricket bat. You're not gonna have an M sixteen or, or an AR, especially over there, unless you come across the group that wants to rape your women. And you just take their guns. You know what I thought that group was gonna be? What was the group called at the end of the railroad? Oh, the Terminus. Terminus. So I thought that was gonna be. Yeah, it was possible. Maybe maybe in the sequel. Dan, in the walk in the Walking Dead, in the Walking Dead Terminus is a place that sanctuary, a sanctuary that attracts people from all over. It's, for it's the it's the where all the railroads in Georgia kind of meet. It's like the the old train station where all the railroads would would retire basically. Like they they go out throughout the state, but then they all kind of end up in this hub. So the Terminus people would put signs up saying, you know, if you want to be saved, you want it. This, that, follow the tracks to Terminus. Do you know what the Terminus people did? What What did they do, George? They were cannibals. What? I've actually heard about yeah. the cannibals from my coworkers. So. Yeah. There you go. I mean, that's, that's what where you I do, thought, right? That's where I thought this movie was heading, but... Mm. I wasn't, like, kind totally. of worse. Yeah. You know, eat you, worse. rape you. What's worse? I don't know. <laughs> I really like that kind of horrible human moment when he finds his parents in the house like yeah. that weird mm-hmm. sense of relief you know that it never happened to them but at the same time like the anguish mm-hmm. Ugh, that's a complex sandwich of emotions yeah it's one of those things especially like we all have kids so we're always thinking like if something were to go down do you throw them in the car and try to survive or do you throw them in the car and find a local garage and just let the car run <laughs> Like, mm. you don't really know what you're going to do. Because how are you going to survive with four kids running around, one of them under five? Like, you're done. You're a sitting duck. And then you run into a group like that or, like, the Claimers. Now your daughter's... Claimed. Yeah, for her. You know, they've claimed her. Now they're going to do stuff to her. Like, you're better off just... Just parking a car. Parking a car in a yeah. garage. I don't know that that's the official, like, uh, perspective of the remedial film class podcast. <laughs> that might be a Travis perspective. Uh, no, I, believe me, I've thought of it. Like I'm, I'm not thought of doing that, but I've thought of what do I do if, if, like I was like, oh, you should have just in case, you should have a bug out bag and you should have a plan. And like, if this happened and shit hits the fan, all of a sudden there's people eating people. Like. What are you going to do with four kids? Grab a knife and fork, motherfucker. <laughs> Start Terminus. And you live where I live, where if you even try to get to the mountains, you're going to get stuck on the Schuylkill, and you're going to die there anyway. <laughs> yeah, our geography is not good. Where exactly for... is the Schuylkill? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the traffic helicopter. Traffic right? helicopter. Is that an old callback to the, an early the, episode? Yes. The Schuylkill Expressway is the it's not an expressway. It, it runs along <laughs> the Schuylkill wi- the River. The Schuylkill River. The Schuylkill River. It it, it runs past the art museum in Philadelphia. Yeah. Down Boathouse Row. Everybody knows about the boats on Boathouse Row. It's sure. uh it's a highway that runs along the side of a mountain. There's falling rocks sometimes. Um, but it's, it's the only way to the poke. <laughs> it's congested as a MF yeah, no every single day. Twice a day. So we would have to bug out to the shore, I think. We're not bugging out anywhere, dude. We have terrible geography for bugging out. No bugging out. Yeah. Unless you do it in the middle of the night. (laughs) 
Unless you have a helicopter. You need like a two-hour head start. And a, and a, <laughs> and a, and a, and a flyboy. And a flyboy. You need a flyboy and a helicopter. You'll be all right. You know what else you need in your bug out bag, guys? What? George? Goggles. I feel like the people in this yes, movie really goggles. pushed the limits of blood splatter rules, especially in the kitchen attack, where it's like, there's blood on mm. all those people now, and they've got wounds. Like, ugh, I really think mm-hmm. they're all infected right now, and they don't know it. I felt that way when she was hacking away at Mark. That's what I mean, I like, man. Blood if that's everywhere. your idea of dealing with it, you just kind of infected everyone. Yeah, that was yeah, strange. Right. Crime of passion. But at least Frank had a riot shield. That was pretty cool. Yeah, that made me feel good when I saw that. I liked Frank. Me too. Good I like dad. Frank in everything he does. He's like a big character actor in England. Yeah, I like... I I felt... Hmm, I felt really bad for Frank. It really sucked that when they got there to the... Why would he look up? Because there was a crow. <laughs> I I don't know. Dogs can't look up. Why would you? <laughs> Listen. <laughs> I felt really bad that like no one was there and he was having a moment. Yeah. And I was like, ah, oh, crap. And then they end up being there. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa where were you 10 seconds ago, dude? Mm-hmm. Maybe they were planning their trip to the Winchester. I don't know. All I know is that he should not have been looking up. He had to know that the infection can come from water drop or blood droplets. Right? Well, yeah. But, but do you expect a dead body to be directly above you at all times? No. Maybe no, you should, though. He saw it. It kind of looked like he, Did he saw see what it? it was. I don't know. No, I think he was looking up. And Crows are not he... that interesting. Listen, I felt bad for the guy. Uh, it sucked that he had to go out that way. Yeah. His one character flaw that. was that he was into bird watching, and it finally got him in the end. <laughs> yep. Well, what's good is like he was a dad to the end. Sure was. Well, and he, he did his job, right? He got her. He as, did his job. Got, his got her safe to safety to mm-hmm. a group who could carry her on beyond him. Like that's that's the work. He did the thing. He did the thing. Yeah. He didn't go park in a garage. Somewhere. But then he had You're that right. awesome transformation where it's just like, whoa, this movie's not playing. <laughs> like you don't really see a lot of transformation, so they like feature Frank, and, and he's your bub. For a moment, where he's just like yeah. a featured act, Yikes. and this is a this movie is a good example of things that we talked about during the eighties debacles. <laughs> um, <laughs> not much needed for makeup to make them into zombies. I mean, no. he could have been just bluer. A, it's true. Just a little bit of corn syrup. <laughs> And some red, con- bluer. red contact lenses. Boom. You, you got know what? zombies. You know what I thought about this movie? The zombies just weren't blue enough. They were not blue enough. And the, the, the 3M blood was real nice, Clark. The 3M blood in this movie was on point. <laughs> it was on point. On point. It photographed very well. <laughs> Sorry, Tom. But it is super gross. Like. Yeah, yeah, when you watch yeah, Dawn of the Dead, it's gross, but like also charming. When you watch this one, it's just gross. Like, ooh, yuck. Yeah. Ew. And they really the don't time. do much Ew. bitey, bitey, pulley, pulley. Like, none of it. It was just a lot of ripping and scratching. Like, it was yeah. very animalistic. It's yeah, almost kind of like, why, why are they doing it anyway? Like, it's rage. I know it's rage. So you just, like, you just rage, just, you just kill whatever's around you that's alive. Because of rage. But not I other guess. ragers, which is kind of strange. Yeah. 
they don't fight each other. They only fight the unraged. That's true. I didn't think about that. Like, I know they, they show the... Uh, it was the same premise in, in I Am Legend where the, the infected were basically raging and it showed the rats, the, the lab rats, and how they react to anything. Like, you could wave anything in front of them and they were just attack. Mm. And that's the way these things were. But yeah, I didn't even think about it. They don't attack each other. That would have been a cool element if they were just so enraged that they were just ripping at each other too. Yeah, I mean, the the major cool. army guy was saying, you know, this, this zombie's going to tell us how long it takes for a zombie mm-hmm. to die of starvation. And that was cool. Like that. that was cool. Um, but I was kind of thinking like, well, I mean, like, there's a lot of shit out there to eat. Like, other zombies. Yeah. Rats. Like, bugs. Yeah, rats, animals, anything. I don't know. Well, that's why you keep it chained up. Like, I guess we'll catch a cat. He's, yeah, what I'm saying, what I'm saying is like... He's the control group for a wider experiment with some yeah. flexibility <laughs> built in for those... Right. Who found other food stores? Right. Yeah. No, For I thought that. I mean, I'm not saying like, you know, they just had them chained up until they flattened the curve. That's all. That's right. Just for it's like ten days. Ten days. Ten days flattened. Simple. Well, then what's his name? Cillian Murphy is over there shaving, and I'm just like, ugh, like it's yeah. the equivalent of like, oh, hey, this N95's a little stuffy. I'm gonna drill some holes in it to get a little better <laughs> airflow. Okay, cool, great. Great idea to I want to cut put your the face. Cool J- Jason Voorhees hockey mask holes in my mask. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'm just going to shave and make sure I get some nice uh, viral entry points here on my cheeks. <laughs> what in the world? But I guess he had to be a little more dreamy for the ladies. He had to be dreamy because he looked pretty damn bad. <laughs> I don't care if he was sh- <laughs> showing non-angry pickle or not. He oh, was looking it, pretty bad. Sad pickle. Self-reflective Sad pickle. pickle. <laughs> Pickle. Confused pickle, maybe. <laughs> nah, I depressed pickle. It was sad. It was. Just I mean, twenty-eight days of coma pickle. will do that to a pickle. I'm told. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely not an infected pickle. No. No there rage no, in the pickle. No raging going on there. <laughs> wow. Oh my! Speaking of the SA eighty. Did anybody else spend the entire last third of this movie just like gawking at those bull pups? Guns, guns, guns. Wait, what? The guns. The guns. Uh, yeah. Guys, what? The guns. <laughs> it was a transition from pickles oh. to guns. Oh, yeah. Wait, was it you said to me before? I think your batteries are dead in your segue. <laughs> oh. 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 Ow. Oh. Ow. <laughs> Hi, this is Dan in post. I thought it was a pretty smooth segue. Penises <laughs> to firearms, that seems pretty straightforward. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, weapons are weapons. Weapons are weapons. That's hey, so, true. George, have you ever seen the SA-80 before? Were you familiar with that rifle at all? Not really. This is my pickle. There are many like it, but this one is mine. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> so, the L85A1, also known as the SA-80, is the uh-huh. uh, kind of the M4 equivalent of the British Army. Only like okay. way less reliable, like a vastly disliked amongst the ranks kind of weapon because it falls apart and is unreliable. Okay. okay. But it's cool as hell and it's green, so I like it. Okay. Supposedly the A3 is actually quite good. <laughs> That's what I'm but, told. Okay. Yeah. But this movie's full of them and you don't see them very often, right? Like on American TV, you usually only see them with like the Queen's Guard. 
you know, standing out front of Buckingham Palace. That's what about the only time you on? ever see him. Yeah, those guys, they carry him. Uh, yeah. I thought they carried, like, muskets. No, no, they no? carry automatic weapons. Interesting. Be quite honest with you, Dan, I didn't even... Knew there was guns notice. in this movie? <laughs> I didn't even notice the difference. <laughs> what? I was like, it. I mean, it looks like an M4 to me. But it's bullpup. Mm. The the magazine's behind the trigger. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I get it. Longer I barrel. Mean, I just didn't even think for of the it. Size, like, yeah. The mm. only weaponry I got excited about was that freaking jet at the end of the movie. I thought that was pretty sweet, flying yeah. in and out of the little caverns. It's like I want to do that. I want to fly a jet like that. But the guns didn't excite me. Guns, guns, guns. Maybe it's because the guys using them were kind of like... Douches? Yeah. Yeah. Like one couldn't even... Like he was like, oh, I hit one. It's like, dude, you're in the military. I liked them in... Like when you first met them. I thought maybe a couple of them were shifty. I was like, okay, maybe one of the two of these are going to go rogue and... No. But no, they were all douches. I knew right from the (laughs) get-go before they even got there, I was like, they're going to Terminus. Mm-hmm. That's how this is going to go. As soon as they got there and they were like, oh, yes, we have safety. I'm like, why are they the only survivors there? Right. There's no other survivors that found their way there. Just those three people. Where are all the other survivors that found their way there? Where have all the cowboys gone? Right? Yeah, I hear you. I knew immediately. I was like, I don't like these guys. I don't trust these guys. All of our main characters are going to get eaten. George's bullshit meter was on. Yep. (laughs) At 11. Yep. (laughs) Shenanigans. His shenanigans meter was blipping. There were certainly shenanigans going on. Damn. How was your Greek mythology uh, radar going there, George? Mm, I'm not... I'm I'm not big on the Greek mythology. I mean, it's not that I'm against it. (laughs) <laughs> I'm just not. I'm just not familiar with it like you are. What in the world? Oh my gosh! It's not that so I teach... deny it exists, but <laughs> no. What was uh? What was the Greek mythology references that I missed? So Please. there's a whole Trojan War motif in the last third of the movie. At one point, Cillian Murphy is being held down by the mean army guy, and over the army guy's shoulder, there's like a Greek statue looking at you, like yes, center I frame. saw that. I had no idea what it meant. So that's I saw it. Leia Koan. Well, this Koan. is a film class, so we're going to get into that. Yeah, it's like Le- Leia Koan. I'm not so great on my Greek pronunciation, guys. Leia Koan. Let's call it Leia Koan. That sounds more legit. In the story of the Trojan War, he is the character that tries to warn... Milowake. <laughs> so Leia Koan warns the Trojans not to accept the Trojan horse from the Greeks. Right. And gets murdered... Mm-hmm in a very uh, torturous way by sea serpents uh, for Mm. daring to kind of push back against their acceptance of the Trojan horse. So who would be the Trojan horse in the symbolism? Well, it's interesting because they have a little bit of it in their zombie friend, and I think it's really supposed to be Cillian Murphy Mm. by the end. Because I think the the misdirect is you expect that they've kept the zombie guy in the house and he's going to be the one that breaks through. But then you cut right. to like the Batman slash Jason Voorhees part where <laughs> Killian Murphy's... I'm going to call him Killian and Cillian because I don't know Killian. how to say his name. Cillian. So Mr. Murphy... Scarecrow. 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 Also tried out to be Batman in that movie. 
Oddly Maybe. enough. Would have been yeah. uh, competed with Christian Bale. Would have been a pretty interesting Batman, a little too small. Yeah, he's a little puny. But either he way. He doesn't have a jaw. So, no jawline. So Jim, uh, not from the <laughs> office, but the other Jim, uh, when he becomes Batman or Jason Voorhees and starts picking those guys off one by one, you realize that they invited him in to their circle, and mm-hmm. now he's the thing that destroys them. Right. And it was just, yes. you know, whatever was within him, right? He's your Trojan horse. And with him, within him, whatever it is that they turn on just lights them all up, and then they have a very bad day. But yeah. it's interesting because I mean, you've got the, the statue where this Laocoon guy is you know, being bound by these sea serpents right next to a, an infected who's bound by chains. Like, there's a lot of mm. cross-symbolism there. I didn't, wouldn't even, I didn't see that. I learned something new every day. Yeah, I mean, I did, I did notice. I noticed the statue. I noticed the statue. Yeah. Um, I also noticed the irony of these people who, you know, were seeking out this place for safety end up, being what destroys this place, hmm. right? Yeah. Um. I. I. I did see that, and and I thought it was ironic, but um, don't you think? <laughs> Sorry. It's like yeah, it's like rain on your wedding yeah, day. Basically. Rain on your wedding day. Um. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I did. I did. I did think that. So kind of, I guess it was kind of like intuitive, more mm. than like. Hey, I studied Greek mythology and I know because all that Greek mythology stuff is like it's like in our id anyway. Right. You know what I mean? Like everybody knows Greek mythology whether they know it or not. Right. I mean, I guess that's how it's done. Like when when you watch a movie like Alien, you know that there's some inspiration from the Trojan horse with True. Alien. Yeah. This was a little bit more subtle. Like I wouldn't have thought of Trojan horse because you think of the Trojan horse as a weapon, not so much as a a mistake or, or you know, they they let them in, like you said, they let them in because they wanted the women. That's not really a Trojan horse because their plan wasn't to get in there. I mean, it kind of was. Oh. No, I mean, <laughs> I mean K- Killian and his group, they're, they wouldn't be the Trojan horse because they weren't trying to take over. Like it would be different to me. Like Trojan horse would be if they acted like one of their people were injured, so they could get into this. Yeah, establishment. Right. Yeah, and totally then, yeah, yeah, yeah. But with this, it was more like they were just looking for the their hope for saving humanity. Kind of put them in a position where they were in danger. They didn't put themselves there purposely, like a Trojan horse. Right. They came in with like a, a genuine interest right. and need. So I didn't think of that until now you're talking about it. Yeah, the 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 chained up infected getting loose inside the house. That, yeah, that might be your actual Trojan horse because yeah. they he's already there and they know he's there and they're aware of the risk of having him there, you know, but they want him anyway, just like the Trojan horse story where they're but like, yeah, it's probably Killian, dangerous, but it's cool. Doesn't he break his chains? Yeah. So technically he unleashes the Trojan horse on them. Or he unleashes the, we're really beating this metaphor to death. The thing is, <laughs> it's on the nose in that they show you a statue nose. of it, but it's not as on the nose as they like roll in a truck full of zombies and let them right. go, which would have been awesome, honestly. They, back up a truck full of zombies into that place and just let them out. Like, yeah. They did that in Walking Dead. That's that's one 
one weapon. That's one of the things that they do. The zombie bomb. The box truck full of zombies breaking through the wall. Mm-hmm. Do it a couple of times. So, there's yeah. one there's one where it's a it's a truck yard. It's a truck yard. Oh, yeah. It's a, it's like a mouse trap. tractor trailers just lined up on a long like paddock. Yep. A long dock. And you you know, you trip whatever by doing you know, just by being there. Well you, they know you're out scavenging, so they kinda entice right, so you they, by they set they set the trap and then when you trigger it, like just all of these trailers open and there's just zombies and you can't get out and you're dead. Cool. I think it's neat that all these movies and shows, even the ones that only sort of borrow from one another, all exist in the same like playground, right? Right. Dawn of the Dead has semi-trucks, so Walking Dead has semi-trucks, but the implementation's way different. Same thing here, you've got a very Dawn of the Dead shopping trip, but it's not nearly as like silly as Dawn of the Dead, but it's still silly because it's a shopping trip in the middle of a, you know, end times kind of thing. Like, just really interesting that they all play with the same toys. Right. But they yep. all try to say their own little different thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that's kind of, I guess, the Day of the Dead, Dawn of the Dead, which, which one's the mall? Dawn of the Dead in Walking Dead would be when they go on their, uh, what do you call it, supply runs. Yes. And they end up you know, a group of 10 or whatever are in the mall or they're in a Walmart or they're in whatever. It's a total homage to that. But you never get the commentary that you get from that movie. You don't yeah, get like the I never, consumerism and all that stuff. They, yeah. They just, it's just a dangerous place to be. No, <laughs> in, in Walking Dead, like, I never, th- you know, they do have, like, a kind of, like, a relief or, like, a, like a giddiness to finding a good, you Honey know. hole. Yeah. yeah, to finding a good spot. Um, especially if, but like in, you know, in Walking Dead, I never remember it being like Oreos or like, you know, something like that. It was always like, we found penicillin. Mm-hmm. Like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. You know? Carl found that vat of pudding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah, they do it sometimes. A little tongue in cheek. But they never have them do a pie fight. <laughs> No, they never do. No. <laughs> Missed opportunity is what that this is, is true. guys. Missed opportunity. <laughs> Silly. Now, George, you've seen Batman Begins. Yeah. It's probably been a little while. Yeah, sure. Do you recall the fights on the docks? It's like the first time Batman in costume really kind of puts himself out there, takes out a bunch of Falcone's dudes, ends up with Falcone tied up on the spotlight. Yes. He's like using the shadows. You don't yes. really see, yeah. Good stuff. The blocking of that fight and the blocking of the final attack from Mr. Murphy, Jim, mm-hmm. very similar. Like remarkably yes. similar. The two scenes just mirror each other in a lot of ways. And, and I would like to. At Is some point. against that old? Holy shit. Because we saw it in college. So I guess it would have been 05 okay. or 06. Wow. I did not notice yeah, that. Yeah, I wonder if Nolan kind of. Oh, five, yeah. Uh, so he actually had plenty of time to see this movie and yeah. be like, hey, Batman should do that. <laughs> I love that shot when you have the you know bad guy off in the distance and then just the blur of Jim goes mm-hmm. right by the camera. Like, yes! And I like how they kind of mm. juxtapose it with how the zombies are react, how they're acting. Oh, yeah. Which kind of makes her think he might be one because he's already covered in blood. Yep. Mm-hmm. And he's raged. Mm-hmm. But he's raged for a different reason. 
He's so enraged. Was, he's enraged. Yeah. He's not infected with he's rage. He's not infected with rage. But, but yeah, he he's so f- just pissed off. Because I guess that might be a commentary in here too. Like, you know, the human being is capable of being yeah, sure. these things without being infected. That's yeah, definitely, I mean, they definitely. He's putting his thumbs in his eye sockets. They definitely <laughs> say that. I mean, that's yeah. what the Major's whole argument was. The virus you know. just unlocks what's already there, man. Yeah, it's like the Venom uh, you know. symbiote just takes what you are and mm. just magnifies it. For the last 28 days, I've seen people killing people. Mm. The 28 days before that, I just saw people killing, killing people. people. right? If I were to tell you that a truck full of soldiers were to blow up. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same it's thing. It's not part of the it's plan. It's not part of the plan. Everyone loses their mind. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we've talked enough about how awesome Naomi Harris is in this movie, uh, oh, Selena. Yeah. Yes. Like yeah. she makes the movie without. I mean, she's badass. Mr. Murphy is great. Uh, he he has a good arc, but she's just consistently awesome the whole time through. Mm-hmm. She could have done without her hacking markup. Oh no, no you have to have that. No. But it kind of puts. It, it definitely tells you enough about her. In that scene, I understand why it's there, but it did seem to be—it seemed to be a little extreme. A lot of splatter <laughs> in that. Let, at maybe least let him nervous. start coughing. <laughs> <laughs> maybe yeah. he should rub his eyes twice before you hack him up. No, you got to establish right off the bat that she doesn't she's have time not to risk playing it. Around. Yeah. yeah, she's got no time to play because you needed that line. You know who she reminds me of? Who does she remind me? Michonne. She reminds me of Tammy <laughs> for some reason. Tammy. Like old. Like Tammy. our friend Tammy? Yeah, like from like 15 years ago. Not Tammy now. Yeah. I don't know if it's the. I mean, I can see that. Yeah. She kind of reminds me of Money Penny. You know. Money Penny. Penny. From those new. Because that's who she <laughs> Oh, the plays. new ones, right? Because it's her. Yes. She plays. But as, she plays but back, to, back to the point you were going to make, Travis. What's that? You need that. You need that scene because it sets up yes, the. Definitely. The very end when he says. That was longer than a heartbeat. He says, she says, I love you. And he says, I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. You need that. Oh, geez. Wait, what is it he says to her? He says something about like, because she says, if, if you're infected, I will kill you in a heartbeat. In a heartbeat. That's right. And he said, and you know, when at the end of whatever, you, you know what you're seeing I'm talking about. He yeah. says, that was longer than a heartbeat. Longer than a heartbeat. I, I was waiting for the, take my breath off. Song when I know it was very Top Gun ish. Yes, you could, you could be my wingman. Bom, no, you be mine. Yeah, bom, bom, bom. Yes. Bom, bom, bom. <laughs> that's the third time I've sung that on this show. I know very a lot weird. of Top Gun references. Also, Maybe we should watch you it. earlier referenced Where Have All the Cowboys Gone by Paula Cole. <laughs> that's our yeah. second Paula Cole reference on this show. <laughs> that's not good. I don't know, man. It says something about you because you keep bringing it up. I don't know. <laughs> what does it say? <laughs> I guess it depends what movies I'm talking about. It's probably just your deep-seated connection to Dawson's Creek, and that's okay. Oh, God. I didn't have that, but okay. <laughs> oh, my god! I was only watching it for the girls. <laughs> sure, you sure. sure. I a big fan of Pacey. Pacey was one of the dudes, no. though, right? Yeah. No. Katie okay. Holmes. I watched it for her. Gotcha. I was, I was into her then. She's oh, in Batman Katie Begins, Holmes. though, so that brings it all full yeah. circle. And she looked pretty good in that movie. And then she quit. And she quit. Man. Uh, her, her husband made her quit because he's insane. 
but anyway, All we're right. not going to add him, are we? But, Jerry, yeah. <laughs> did you watch this movie on a DVD or on a Blu-ray? I watched it on a DVD, and the quality was not great. So here's a funny story about this movie. If you got the Blu-ray, it would look exactly the same until the very last scene. Really? This movie was filmed on handheld digital cameras in 2001 and 2002. Mm. With the same resolution as Flip a phones. good old fashioned <laughs> SD like four by three tube TV. Wow! Yeah, yeah. Vinegar wow. Syndrome isn't going to be able to save this movie. Like it's always going to look like butt for the first like hour and mm. twenty minutes. I guess that's part of its charm. Yeah, there is an alternate ending too. Like there's an ending where he's dead. He didn't survive. Mm. And also, I think that one is also shot on 35 millimeters. So it'll look great on the (laughs) Blu-ray. But yeah, the majority of the movie is going to look exactly like that. Which you're right, it's part of the charm, but it also looks like butt. And it's kind of a shame that you'll never be able to clean that up. Mm. Yeah. I did did notice that, and I thought it was because I've been watching everything on Blu-ray, or I've been renting it in HD, and I popped on this DVD, and I'm like, oh, this looks terrible. I guess I got used to the good stuff. Well, what's interesting is this is, you know, one of many films from the era that were filmed either on handheld digital or on low quality digital. And there really yeah. isn't much of a ceiling for them to improve. Like you're kind of stuck with it. Yeah. The weird thing is if you look at a lot of the Marvel stuff from the past couple of years, they shot it in varying resolutions, but they finished all the effects at 2K, which looks mm. great on Blu-ray. But already you're having to see an upscaled version of a lower quality source to get to 4K. Yeah. And so if they're ever going to go true 4K with those movies that made them all that money, they would have to go through and redo all the effects at 4K on the intermediate, which is never going to happen. So those movies, which have dominated our box office for the past, what, 10 years, 15 years, are going to be stuck in that era of 2K effects. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I, I go through that at work all the time. I always tell them, you, you know, you can't, can't add pixels. Right. <laughs> so give me the high-res image. Don't give me 72 dots per inch and then expect me to make a billboard out of it. Like, I need high-def so or high-res high, uh, high so then I can size it because if the picture is 13 inches by 15 inches, the billboard is 48 feet by 14 feet. Mm. that's one to one ratio they're blowing that shit up one inch to one foot you can't do a 72 dot dot per inch thing because then you're going it's going to look like on the billboard it's going to look like a vhs it's going to look yeah. like an atari game <laughs> it'll right. look like one of those mid 90s like uh yeah it'll look like mario brothers yeah. up there <laughs> like 8-bit but they don't understand people don't understand pixels so they don't understand you can't add definition to that stuff so like you're saying like I, i've had that problem where i've made layer effects on a on a file and then when you try to make it bigger you have to make sure you click all these little tabs to make sure it sizes up every layer it's kind of like what he's talking about with the marvel where right. if if you don't do it in the high res when you make all these changes and then you have to size it up to something you're screwed because now it's going to be pixelated so ugh 
Yeah, it's a we'll shame. Talk, I don't want to talk shop, but <laughs> it's one of those things where you're just we're gonna see for a while here. Everybody's gonna be saddled with what decisions they made on the front end, and meanwhile, 35 millimeter film will continue to look better at 8K and mm-hmm. 16K. So convenience is one thing, and that's why uh, some of the classic movies still look. I mean, you could watch a 35 millimeter print of King Kong and it still looks cleaner than some of the movies that are done today. It might look better than King Kong versus uh, Godzilla. Yeah, that's a different episode we can talk about. <laughs> hey, uh, <laughs> a bit of a, a bit of news for our remedial film class listeners. A German DVD company recently released a 1000 uh, run, a, a run of a limited run of 1000 DVDs, not Blu-rays. Of the movie Elves, which you'll all remember was my first slasher. <laughs> and so I I picked one up. And let me tell you, I think Still that movie bad. was shot on video because it looks like ass. <laughs> there were scenes I just squinted at a dark, I mean, a 4K TV, you know, I was squinting at this dark scene just like I, something is happening. Yeah, yeah. You I don't, don't think, watch that on your 4K. <laughs> I don't know that they're going to be able to clean that one up any. But boy, that movie sucks, and I highly recommend it. If anybody can grab that German DVD, it is a crazy movie, and it's not good. That's funny. It's like when you say, "Ugh, this is gross." Here, taste this. Exactly. Hey, <laughs> God, I about threw up. Do you want to smell this? Yeah. Yes. That's elves. <laughs> That's the elves' experience. Oh my God. Yikes. Put that on my list of movies not to watch. Uh, hey, so Travis, <laughs> what is George going to watch next? <sighs> After much debate. Mm. Because we're, uh, would you say we're going away from the zombie realm and into a new. We've shut not, the door on zombies, we, man. We're back to the, the mainstream. Mainstream. Okay, so this movie, by, I, I'll. I'll Live or die by this. We're watching Twelve Monkeys. Do you okay. know anything about Twelve Monkeys? Nope. Nothing. I don't think so. Okay. What do you think it might be about? Don't say monkeys. <laughs> I mean, besides that, <laughs> on a distant planet run by on monkeys, planet, there are twelve jurors trapped in one room. <laughs> you know, that's where my mind Get went. Your I was hands like, off "Are you me, call- dirty ape?" I'm like. <laughs> 12 monkeys like 12 angry monkeys are you monkeys? talking about like <laughs> jurors exactly like alright we'll take that home and show it is it like basically you know juries are like you know kind of it's uh, 12 angry men I'm on the so planet of the apes is what it is so glad you have no idea what this is about no I have no idea and uh, as an added bonus Dan am I allowed to reveal this Dan sure or have you watched it? I haven't watched I've never actually seen this movie, guys. Okay. This is a Dan first one for me. Dan has never seen this. It's a first one. Nice. So if it sucks, I got to both of you team it you up. You got to carry the yeah, whole thing, I'll man. carry it. And you got to carry the weight of it. Ooh, I, something I, to look forward to, listeners. A, I think it's a good choice. It plays into a lot of things we've watched. Listen, so I'm not going to say anything. Uh, uh, let's do I'll it. get your impression. Sounds good. I'm excited about this. Me too. I guess I am too. Woo woo. Thank you for joining us on the Remedial Film Class Podcast. As always, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash remedialfilmpod. You can also find our group, the Extra Credit Discussion Group, at facebook.com slash groups slash remedialfilmpod. We're also on Twitter and Instagram at at remedialfilmpod, and you can even email us 
if you are so inclined, remedialfilmpod at gmail.com. If you are listening to this podcast on YouTube, you should be aware that we're also on your favorite podcatchers like Apple and Spotify, even Amazon. And if you're listening on Amazon, Spotify, or Apple, you should know we're also on YouTube. So if you prefer to watch on your TV, do it. We'll see you back here next week haha, as we go to a weekly format for the classic 90s sci-fi time travel legal drama. Hmm? Terry Gilliam's 12 Monkeys. 12, 12 Angry Monkeys. On the Planet of the Apes. <laughs> we should make that. We should get Kevin Smith to make that movie. <laughs> 12 Angry Monkeys. Yeah.